Man, it's uh, it's really cold for August, isn't it? Yeah, still it's pretty chilly. Getting dark really early. Been a day in the seventies this week, so that's <laughs> you know, wild. Might be man. I mean, even for but August though, like you wouldn't expect the seventies in August. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's wild, you know. Oh, I get the bit. <laughs> no, you just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took me a second there to be like, go. it's not August. <laughs> Good, Cayman. It is in August. Because we said we'd come back in August, and we didn't. That is the okay. joke. <laughs> that is the joke. Good job. I'm so proud of you. Well, you got me with it. There we go. <laughs> All right, you guys want to? Guys want to get into it? Yeah, Colin, play us okay. in. I'll, I'll play us in. Do the music. Hello and welcome to I Really Wish You Hadn't. This is a podcast about people and businesses that have made horrible mistakes, have fallen apart at the seams, or have just been generally awful since their inception. They're the kind of people and businesses that make you think, man, I really wish you hadn't. Hey, party people! It's me, Cayman McMahon, here with Michael Bentley. What up? And as always, our producer Colin Moore. Hey, howdy! I had like six months to think about a better thing to say. All I could come up with was "What up?" Well, if I wasn't doing the intro today, I was just gonna—I was just gonna do Russian. There uh, you go. Yeah, I was looking it up right before the podcast started. But then you were like, "Oh, Cayman, you do the open." I was like, "Ah, oh, fine, whatever." So. <laughs> It's good to be back from an extended hiatus. Where have we been? What have we been doing? Well, I personally got a new job. Colin got a new job. Mm -hmm. Michael moved to Tennessee. Making uh, us an all-Tennessee podcast. Now. Oh, we are an all-Tennessee podcast yes. now. And we all over the place. We, yeah, we represent the three grand... What are they called? The Grand Sections or the Grand... Yeah, East, Middle, There's West. East, Middle, and West. I can't remember. They call it the Grand something. I can't remember. Of Tennessee, yes. We represent this is, all This three. is what our public education got us. We're in the same state, and me and Colin are eight hours apart. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we've been busy, and that's why we haven't gotten back to the podcast. So, a lot has changed, but you know what hasn't changed? Grand Divisions. The premise of... Uh, what hasn't? I'm sorry, sorry. Grand Divisions of Tennessee. I looked it up. Like, I, I had to know. I had to know. The Grand Divisions of this Tennessee. This is edutainment. This is edutainment. You know what hasn't changed? The Grand Divisions of Tennessee right. or the it's premise the of this podcast. No, no, the premise of the podcast just changed. Now we're talking about the Grand, Grand Divisions, Divisions of Tennessee. Tennessee. The, the geography of Tennessee. That's Welcome what, back. We're, 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 we're a geography now. podcast now. You're trapped. <laughs> Next, we're talking about fjords and what they are. Peninsulas. Why do we need them? <laughs> no, so today we're still talking about bad stuff that happened. The premise of the podcast hasn't changed. But today we're doing a little compilation that we're going to call the petting zoo. So think of it as basically any bad stuff involving animals or weird stuff involving animals we're going to get into. And dude, there is a lot. Like we've had plenty of time to look it up. So me and Michael have just chosen a few of the ones that we like. If you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more, we've gotten a grab bag. Like there are so many yeah, weird stories with animals. Absolutely could be a series. So this is just kind of a, a smorgasbord, a, sh a charcuterie board of, of terrible animal stories, if you will. You could make most of a podcast just with weird animal stories. 
So if anyone wants to steal their idea. There are podcasts out there. Do they exist? Yeah. Essentially, eventually there's going to be like a Rule 47 for podcasts. Rule 32. Rule 86. (laughs) Whatever that rule is, the number, you know. Don't look it up. (laughs) Don't look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think Michael's going to be starting us out today, and you're talking about... It's dolphins. Dolphins. Rule thirty four. Okay, glad we've cleared that up. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't look it up. So, Michael, tell us a tell us a story about innocent innocent dolphins. Oh yeah, no dolphins are not innocent, and we'll get into that a little bit in this story. But this is uh, I I feel like this is a pretty popular story. But if you're gonna talk about weird stuff with animals, you really don't have an option. You gotta start here. This is a story about the time we tried to teach a dolphin how to speak English. (laughs) <laughs> and that story starts, as many great stories do, with aliens. This okay. sounds like a premise for a Disney movie already. <laughs> like, we're going to teach a dolphin to speak English. So, there's a scientist named Dr. John Lilly who believed that dolphins he had in captivity were attempting to communicate with him. So, he fleshes out this uh, theory of dolphin communication in a book called Man and Dolphin. Basically, in this, he lays out his hypothesis that dolphins are more than capable of learning human communication, and if we could just kind of break through that barrier, dolphins could teach us a ton about stuff from science to history to economics, and that one day, once they had kind of uh, embedded themselves in human civilization, there would one day be a, uh, a chair at the United Nations Uh, helmed by a dolphin, which would be in charge of the oceans. I like how confident he is (laughs) that they could teach us about history and economics. Economics is the one that stands out to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's... Like, yeah, I I get all my trading advice from a dolphin. But yeah, uh, you guys haven't heard of the dolphin economy? It's very serious. (laughs) They're just gathering up piles of seashells. Yes. By the seashore. (laughs) Where Sally sells them. Yes. So, (laughs) this catches the eye of NASA researchers who extrapolate that if we could learn how to communicate with dolphins, that would be really good practice in figuring out one day how to communicate with extraterrestrials. So you're just tying in how my tax dollars have been used to talk to dolphins. Well, this was the 60s. So, um, yeah, these weren't your tax dollars. My grandfather's tax dollars. I was about to say, it wasn't even your parents' (laughs) tax dollars. So, yeah. But because of this, Lily was contacted by NASA to come have a meeting uh, with a ton of government agencies, including the CIA, who uh, basically wanted to create dolphin spies. It was kind of their theory that, oh, if we break through this dolphin communication thing, we can send them to go spy on the Russians, and the Russians won't even know that they can speak English. As ridiculous as that sounds... Dolphin spies definitely is a thing. We're not going to get into it this episode unless Michael's going to mention something about it. But that there is a whole thing with dolphin spies. I we'll don't get there eventually. have dolphin spies in my notes. <laughs> yeah, so. dolphin spies are a thing. That's what I'm saying. We have a grab okay, bag we'll, of animal stories. We'll, we'll, are, are we going to get there later in this episode or in another? In another episode. We'll have okay, to. So if you okay. want to hear that one, you got to let us know that you want more all animal right. stories. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> Well, and basically, I I didn't know that 
again, Cayman, I don't know what story that is, but basically in my notes, I put, you know, that dolphins would make the best buys because, like, no one would even know they could speak. And who's to say that we didn't succeed and there aren't some dolphin spies out there? So maybe there are. Yeah. I, I'm two. now more convinced than anything. <laughs> that's, that's a cliffhanger. Um, so basically, there's a lot of government agencies with a lot of money that are interested in teaching a dolphin how to speak English. Uh, so Lily starts having money thrown at him by the handfuls. Yeah. Those sentences that you think you would never hear. I just want you to repeat that one line again. So basically, there's a bunch of government... <laughs> There's a bunch of government agencies with a lot of money that have an interest in Dr. Lil... I don't know. I, I Have I, an interest I, I, in speaking free, to dolphins. I freewheeled that sentence. <laughs> I, I do not have that one written down. So Dr. Lilly has a lot of money to teach a dolphin how to speak. And, and I should clarify, when they gave him the money, they said, we want to understand dolphin communication. They didn't say, go teach a dolphin how to speak English. And that becomes a point of contention later. Uh, Lily sets up a lab in secret on the island of St. Thomas in the Caribbean. Did it need to be in secret? Well, again, the CIA is involved. They they, they didn't want the the Ruskies to know that we were that we All had right. dolphin spies. Got to right? get that advantage. Cold War. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But apparently this uh, secret NASA CIA-funded lab was the worst-kept secret in the scientific world because literally everyone on the island knew about it. Another big player in the story is is a woman named Margaret Lovett, who was a native of the island, who her brother-in-law was just like, hey, you like dolphins? There's some weird dolphin experiment going on down the road. And she was like, oh, I do love dolphins. So she just got in her car and drove up to the lab. And I swear to God, this is true. There was just a dude in like an open button-down shirt smoking a cigarette out front. And she like pulled up and he's like, hey, what are, what are you doing here? This is a secret government lab where we're doing secret government experiments. She's like, oh, yeah, I heard you got dolphins. I like dolphins. And he's like, cool, man. I like dolphins, too. You want to come in and check out some dolphins? Like, and he was the director of the lab. Like, that was the director of the lab. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's John Lilly or whatever? No. No, no that, that's he's not like he's like the the lead researcher. This is okay. yeah, this is the director of, of of the lab itself. The bureaucrat. And the sixties were a wild time. So anyway, she comes in to like meet these dolphins, and she's she's like, oh, can I pet them? They're like, oh yeah, but they don't like let people pet them. And she's like, oh well, they they like me, and like they were all like all about Margaret Lovett, and they're like, oh, do you want to stay? Do you want to like be part of the research? Like they seem to like you, and she's like. Yeah, I like dolphins. So, like, this lady just shows up, and they're like, they like her. She's uh, she's now one of our researchers. She had no training in science or, like, animal handling or, like, any of that. She just, you know, she was there. Animal handling's not something you learn. It's a, it's a natural skill. Right. Gotta, it's it's you something you're proficient in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a Dungeons & Dragons reference. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. She rolled a nat 20. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That was too far. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> there were three dolphins at this lab that they were experimenting on, uh, two females and a male. The two females were being used to study how the dolphins communicated with each other, while the male dolphin named Peter was given to Margaret specifically to learn how to speak English. Mm. Now, you may be wondering how anatomically a dolphin could speak English, right? 
Well, it was Lily's idea that they would speak English not from their mouths, but from their blowholes. Blowholes. Got to be the blowhole. Yeah. So she's, they're actually trying to get them to speak English. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not just know English. No. No, like they, they actually talk. Yes, yep. Like have a they want to converse with a dolphin in in their native tongue out of a blowhole. Out of, out of the dolphin's blowhole. <laughs> yes. I don't think their vocal cords are set up for that. Uh, but what about their blowhole cords? <laughs> yeah, the you blowhole. Yeah, you're not even considering the blowhole. I feel like that'd be like talking Cayman, out your Are ass. you a marine biologist? <laughs> no, what, what neither is this lady, having? but neither is this lady. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I I'm don't know. I'm starting to question the guy who came up with the dolphin economy. <laughs> well, you know, the guy with the dolphin economy, uh, all of this will become clear uh, in, in, in a few more uh, paragraphs. Hold on. Let's let's okay. come back to him. Let's just say he was uh, he was in an altered state for most of this. Oh. So for a while, Margaret would be working with Peter during the day, you know, showing him the alphabet and like trying to teach him how to speak English. Through his blowhole. And then, you know, night would come and she'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to go home. Uh, but she started to feel guilty, you know, just leaving Peter there. You know, like there's this huge gap in his education. Like she's like, you know, maybe it would be better if she fully immersed the dolphin in human activity around the clock. You know, like, for instance, if you wanted to learn French, you would move to Paris and like fully immerse yourself in that culture. She going to move in with the dolphin? Yeah, she requested that the lab be uh, plastered so that she could fill the whole thing up with water mm. so that so that Peter could swim freely, including a balcony. Like, it could swim out to, like, the outside. <laughs> and she she had her desk, like, suspended from the ceiling so she could still work, and she had a bed that was, like, also just, like, off the water. And my favorite thing, so there's a Guardian article that I pulled a lot of this information from that actually interviewed Margaret Lovett, uh, I think in 2014 or something like that. And she was like, yeah, that first night I was just laying there listening to the pumps gurgling and thinking, like, what have I gotten myself into? Like, <laughs> so she's just living with this dolphin in a flooded lab trying to teach it English out of its blowhole. Your bed's still going to get wet. Oh, There's yeah, no, no they were like, the whole thing wet. was soaked in salt water. Which, yeah. like, I don't know how you sleep. Like, I... I have to have perfect conditions to sleep. She would be, like, all pruney all the time. Yeah, and she was, like, the dolphin would, like, sit and stare at her while she slept. Like, I feel like that would also, like, creep me out. I don't know. Not about it. So for six days a week, Margaret and Peter were cohabitating. Uh, they worked, ate, and slept together in this makeshift aquarium. Uh, and this worked for a while, but if you know anything at all about this experiment, you know what the biggest issue was. You see, when male dolphins reach a certain age, they start to get urges. And because I don't want to have a birds and bees conversation, uh, I'm just going to quote directly from this Guardian article. It's not too long, but... <clears throat> quote, Peter liked to be with me, explains Margaret. He would rub himself on my knee or my foot or my hand, and at first, I would put him downstairs with the girls. But transporting Peter downstairs proved so disruptive to the lessons that, faced with his frequent arousals, it just seemed easier for Margaret to relieve his urges herself manually. I allowed that, she says. I wasn't comfortable with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cayman? 
no, all right. She's so, well, she's jerking off the dolphin. There, there's more. There's more. There's more. Okay. I allowed that, she says. I wasn't uncomfortable with it, as long as it wasn't rough. It would just become part of what was going on, like an itch. Just get rid of it, scratch it, and move on. And that's how it seemed to work out. It wasn't private. People could observe it. For Margaret, it was a precious thing, which was always carried out with great respect. Peter was right there, and he knew that I was right there, she continues. It wasn't sexual on my part. Sensuous, perhaps. It seemed to me that it made the bond closer. Not because of the sexual activity, but because of the lack of having to keep breaking. And that's really all it was. End quote. She had a sexual relationship, and it seems like emotional relationship. No, uh, with uh, not sexual. It was, sensu- sensual. it was a sensual relationship. Sensual. I need you to explain to me how that's different. <laughs> I need, I need someone to explain to me how you're jerking off a dolphin, calling it sensual, but saying it's not sexual. No, no, no. She had a sexual relationship with that dolphin. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So yeah, I uh, I also learned in my research like. I feel like there's a lot of nicer words to use for a lot of things. You know, you can say, like, oral sex or, you know, I don't know. There's 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 better words for a lot of sexual acts that you can use to sound more professional. There's nothing for hand job. Like, I have no idea how to keep talking about this uh, without saying oh. hand job. Yeah, yeah, no, there is one, right? It's, it's uh, a, there is it's one. It's called, like, digital or something, like... The uh, hand job's gonna be easiest. I that's the there's thing. nothing if that I, comes to mind. There's no right. delicate you way to manual say it. manual stimulation. Manual stimulation. Okay, sure. <laughs> that's we'll way go with worse. Manual stimulation. That's way worse. I'm just saying that's that's the other one. We'll, we'll I'd prefer with, you say hand job. Yeah, no, hand stick with hand job. Say hand We're job. sticking with hand job. <laughs> no, yeah, All right. Say hand so job. Margaret was living with Peter and giving him hand jobs. So Doctor Lily uh, was taking a parallel direction with his uh, other dolphin experiment. So remember I said there's Peter and then there's these two other female dolphins that they're trying to study to learn how those two are communicating with each other. You see, there's a large part of Dr. Lily's life that I have alluded to but haven't really dove deep into. And that's that the dude loves LSD. And to prove it, I have a quote from actor Jeff Bridges, a.k.a. the dude from The Big Lebowski, who was family friends with Dr. Lilly. Quote, John Lilly was above all an explorer of the brain and the mind and all those drugs that expand our consciousness. There weren't too many people with his expertise and his scientific background doing that kind of work. End quote. <laughs> so he was a scientist high on LSD that was friends with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's the yes. nicest way Jeff Bridges could have put it. He's a drug <laughs> addict. Yep. Yeah, so, like, I mean, the dude was, again, he was doing it scientifically, though. Like, he was kind of the inventor of the sensory deprivation tank. Um, basically, oh, wow. Yeah, he did a lot of work in that, but he would also trip balls while doing it. He would just, like, do a ton of LSD, get in a sensory deprivation tank, and he's like, I can direct my trip in any way I want. I can create whole worlds. Like, he was one of those people. Like, mm. he, dude was kind of a nut, but, like, he was almost... Like, he had a good idea, and then he would just, like, do some crazy stuff on top of it. And we'll get into... He gets more wild... This this isn't even the tip of the iceberg of how weird his experiments get, even with dolphins. But again, I feel like to go into in-depth for some of that stuff might need another episode. I'll touch on it towards the end, but... Okay, is it spoiler to ask, is Homeboy still alive? 
acid trip and science boy john Lilly. no he died in like early 2000s oh okay gotcha yeah now remember they're studying these two female dolphins and dr Lilly decided you know this wasn't really working we're not learning a whole lot you know what this experiment needs acid we need to give <laughs> the dolphins acid uh so he starts injecting the two female dolphins with lsd injecting now, yeah can't yeah, just like put it on their tongue or something uh i feel like that's a lot more intense like i feel is. like if i was gonna give an animal lsd i'd like i don't know put it in a little piece of cheese or something well i feel like <laughs> i mean you can't force an animal to like swallow something you know like it's yeah but it's, animals love cheese yeah you're not wrong i don't know that i don't know that uh <laughs> dolphins love cheese are dolphins exposed to dairy? Yeah, I'm not sure that's... All a... animals love cheese. You can put it in a fish, maybe? You could, like, inject it in a fish and give it to it. Either way, that's not what he did. Show me an animal... <laughs> Show me an animal that doesn't like cheese. Okay. Send it into the podcast. I really wish you hadn't at... I really wish you hadn't... Something like that. I bet cows don't like cheese. Uh, I bet cows I like bet cheese. I bet cows like cheese. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. They drink it. They drink milk uh, yeah, as you're, a, you're, as you're a you're baby. Right, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, he starts injecting dolphins with LSD. So how was that supposed to help? And, and oh, I realize this is this is uh, actually coming in a lot sooner. Um, Lily believed that dolphins could communicate telepathically. Uh, and that, <laughs> Are you just gonna drop that one on us? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was like, "No, nah, dolphins can communicate telepathically, and if we give them LSD, if we both do LSD." They can teach us how to tele- telepathically communicate with hey, them. Hey, whatever it takes to win the Cold War, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting these dolphins high on LSD. Give them handjobs. No, he they wasn't giving these. He wasn't giving these dolphins handjobs. Okay, good. You either get LSD or handjobs. You don't get both. <laughs> don't get both. Okay. <laughs> what a tough decision to make. As, as the dolphin is that what you're, like if the dolphin was <laughs> yeah. given the option oh you don't get a choice you were taken from you were abducted this is you know what this is this is an alien abduction story from the dolphin's perspective they were taken up into a lab yep. they were they were sexually mm-hmm. assaulted yep. they were given strange drugs yes <laughs> this is an alien abduction story, but from the dolphin's perspective. <laughs> by aliens and they gave me LSD and handjobs. No, not both, Gaiman, not both. Not both. Some people got LSD, some people got handjobs. No I got one got the LSD, both. Michael got the handjob. <laughs> we were abducted. Oh. oh, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So, okay, I'm going to go ahead and let you know. They didn't start mentally communicating telepathically with the dolphins upon the LSD. Okay. Well, so Lily's God. like, okay, we're 0 for 1. Now we got to give Peter <laughs> LSD to see if LSD's going to unlock. He's going to start talking out of his blowhole. So Peter does get both. No. Hold on. He says, this is what we're going to do. Margaret says, absolutely not. Peter is my roommate, and you're not going <laughs> to drug him. <laughs> You're not going to give LSD to my dolphin boyfriend. <laughs> so. Sorry. My Good. roommate. Tell us about the worst relationship you've ever been in. Well, I dated a dolphin for two years. 
It, w- it wasn't sexual, it was sensual. <laughs> sensual. <laughs> so, uh, in almost every telling of this story, they talk about, oh yeah, Dolph was getting hand jobs, getting given acid and blah, blah, blah. If you actually do the research, you got one or the other, all right? So everyone else okay. is like, oh, you got both. No, you didn't get both. You got one or the other. Um, and this is in Margaret's own words from her interview in The Guardian. You can look it up. Um, so she fought against uh, Dr. Lilly and said, you're not giving him LSD. So Peter didn't get any LSD. So eventually, knowledge of this experiment leaked to the press. Uh, because, like I said, this was the worst kept secret in the scientific community. And eventually, none other than Hustler magazine wrote up a multiple page article about a human dolphin interspecies sex experiment being conducted in St. Thomas. And you know the Russians had their own shit going on, too. As soon as they heard that we were doing LSD They're like, we gotta give dolphins handjobs. We don't know what they're learning from this, but they're learning something. There cannot be a dolphin handjob gap. (laughs) (laughs) So, both Dr. Lilly and Margaret Lovett were mentioned by name in the article. So, like, Hustler knows everything, which means the Ruskies also know everything. So upon hearing about this, uh, Margaret attempted to buy every copy of the magazine on the island. No telling if that actually worked out, but she did. She did put in the effort, which is. I you think know. you're downplaying the journalistic integrity of Hustler. I'm sure they're a great journalistic uh, organization. Yeah, smut <laughs> or uh, uh, journalistic smut, you know? Yeah. Oh my god. So after the article came out, uh, <laughs> Lily got a phone call and his uh, funding was cut. And the experiment was forced to come to a conclusion. Uh, So what did we actually accomplish from this experiment? Uh, Honestly, not much. (laughs) We learned a lot that, you know, we could have just forever been asking the question, can dolphins communicate telepathically if you give them LSD? Now we know that you can't do that. Well, no, that we didn't come to that conclusion from this experiment because Lily continues on with that train of thought throughout the rest of his career. Oh, why? No. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that 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 wasn't that that conversation probably still isn't settled. I'm sure there's still some people out there being like, Dr. Lily was a genius. Anyway, the things that we actually did learn were that dolphins can mimic human speech. So, for instance, uh, if I said, hey, Cayman, how are you? The dolphin might respond, er, 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 which, you mm. know, that's that's neat. That's something. But I mean, it's going to blow this guy's mind when he hears about parrots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, that's it's just a worse version of that. You're right. We also learned that dolphins can use syntax to differentiate subjects in a sentence from objects. So, for instance, they could tell the difference between bring the ball to the doll and bring the doll to the ball. But honestly, (laughs) I'm not completely convinced that they just didn't know those two phrases so they knew what to do when someone said each one. I'm not 100% sold on that. They seem pretty smart. Did Did they use different, like, sentences or was it always that one? Like... Yeah, again, but I mean, how many objects do you think they had? How many how many words do you think the dolphin knew? You know? I don't know. Like, quote-unquote, knew. I don't know. We need to again, find... The, I wonder what happened to these dolphins. Well, I'm about to do a where are they now. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. So, the dolphins were set up to be shipped to a lab in Miami, also ran by Dr. John Lilly. But this lab was far worse conditions across the board uh, than the lab in St. Thomas. You know, I mean, Peter had a whole lab to swim around in. 
So the tanks were a lot smaller and had no access to sunlight. Within weeks of being there, Dr. Lily called Margaret to let her know that Peter had swam to the bottom of his tank and never resurfaced. Oh. The dolphin literally killed itself. Yeah, dolphin suicide. Yeah, which is not even the... Like, there's other... Dolphins apparently kill themselves a lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. um, Well, that's dark. What about the other two dolphins? What about the LSD dolphins? Uh, the LSD dolphins, there's no word of what happened to the LSD dolphins. Because no one cared enough to get a phone call about them. Because they weren't in relationships. Right. They exactly. weren't monogamous they, they with didn't, a yeah, human didn't, person. Right. You got it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, in the years that followed, like I mentioned, Dr. Lilly continued his work to communicate with dolphins telepathically. And as far as we know, he failed. But, eh, who's to say? Um, so, <laughs> while Margaret went on to marry a photographer from the lab. So a guy that was taking pictures during the experiment. Uh, and together they bought the building where the experiment took place and turned it into their family home. No. Uh, no. Absolutely no. not. No. No. So in conclusion, so in conclusion, happy ending for Margaret. No happy ending for Peter. No. Nope. Unintended. That was good. No, that was good. Why would you buy that building for a house? Because you know at some point they were remodeling and she just turned to her husband, her actual husband, and was like, huh, this is where I used to give that dolphin hand jobs. Cayman, you're not putting this together, bud. He was the photographer. He probably watched her give that dolphin hand jobs. Uh, I don't like this. (laughs) It's weird. She loves dolphins, okay? He knew that going in. Oh, and there's a quote that I didn't even include that was like, she was like, uh, oh, yeah, so, you know, when they told me Peter had to go, it was just so sad. She's like, maybe if he was like a cat or a dog, I could have kept him, but a dolphin, that's just crazy. <laughs> what about this isn't crazy, lady? You bought the building. Like, that's too far. That's one step too far. Oh, that's also another thing I forgot to even include in my notes. Uh, Dr. John Lilly, before he was doing this, he wrote a book about how to build an atomic bomb that he sold, like, to the public, and and the director of the Manhattan Project tried to shut him down and was like, you can't release this, but then they realized none of the information in it was classified, so nobody could do anything about it, so he just released a book that was like, here's how to build an atomic bomb. I've actually heard about that. That was Dr. John Lilly. Wasn't he relatively young when he did it? Yes, yes, he was when he was in school. Yes. Dude, yeah, I have heard about this guy. Dude, maybe we should just do a full episode on him. He sounds maybe. interesting. But maybe. regardless, let's move on. Let's get away from the topic of dolphins completely and move on to something completely different. Whales. Very different. Very different. So we're going to kick it back a little bit. On June 24th, 1890, the now defunct newspaper known as the Utah Inquirer published an article celebrating the 15th anniversary of one man's efforts to bring life to the Great Salt Lakes of Utah. So, you know, the National Enquirer, like, was the word Enquirer, like, did that used to mean, like, actual news publication, or is this, like... Yeah, no, Enquirer was just, like, you had, you know, the choir Enquirer, you had the Post, you had the Times, right. like, it was just a newspaper okay. name. But yeah, I just can't think of another... I can't think of a reputable paper that uses Enquirer anymore. I, I'm thinking that a lot of people got away from it because of the National Enquirer. Right. And Bat the Boy, reputation it Bat has. Bat Boy like, did it for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, 
we should do a we should do a, a an episode on the National Enquirer. That'd be good. Probably. I, I will say now, I don't know how reputable the Utah Enquirer is, but I know Regardless. that you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how many stories do they write about Mormons? Like that's on average. Good. That's another good question. I would imagine quite a lot. There's a lot of Mormons. And I'm going to say reputable. I mean, literally <laughs> at that time, it was probably all Mormons because like Mormons founded Utah. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, so the man that they're writing about is a British scientist by the name of James Wickham. He had an interesting hypothesis. So if there's salt in the water of the salt lakes, the Great Salt Lakes, and there's salt in the ocean, why can't ocean creatures live in the Great Salt Lakes? So to this extent, or at least how the story claims, is that Wickham imported two captured juvenile humpback whales from the coast of Australia and transported them to San Francisco via ship. Then he made special made rail cars to get them to the Great Salt Lakes. So had had this ever been done before? Like No. They no. never Okay. <laughs> Why would someone put whales in the Great Salt Lakes? Well, no, no I'm I just meant like transporting like a- sea animals like I saw some stuff where like apparently like he tried to seed some algae and he tried to like he got some krill to live in the lake and that might be true but I'm unsure and I think a lot of people are okay um so specifically so, so, so for the first let's not do a test let's just go straight for whales like let's not try to get like a clownfish or something like well that's what supposedly maybe he did krill and algae because you know the whale's got to have something to eat yeah right oh well yeah that makes sense there so he's got to put the krill in so as far as transporting sea animals uh i will say tennessee has a law that you cannot shoot any game other than whales from a moving automobile so i that that means gonna have to be a really tall automobile (laughs) it was a pretty weird one right (laughs) can't shoot game from moving automobile unless it's a whale huh in tennessee you know, you know, they were just trying to pass that law and some dude was like, except Wells. And they were like, sure, sure. John, whatever. No, well, 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 hold on. There. What, what is a, is a, is like a motorboat technically an automobile? Cause yeah. What if I'm like, well, well what if I need to harpoon a whale on a moving but, boat? But you can't harpoon any other animal. Well, I don't think it applies to boats because you can still shoot game from your boat. If it's moving. People shoot. Ducks. It says it says moving automobile. I think I don't know that a boat counts as an automobile. So as long as I don't think it counts as an automobile. Like when you say auto, that's like a car, right? I don't. (laughs) Automobile, a road vehicle, typically with four wheels. That's the definition. Okay. So no boat. So 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 you're telling me I can't be on a four wheeler and shoot a deer? Nope. Well, you have to stop moving. You have to stop. You have to stop moving and then shoot the deer. You got to pump the brakes. Yeah. You gotta give the deer uh, fighting yeah. chance. But you well, can I'm shoot a whale. On my vacation you plans. can shoot a whale though in All Tennessee. Right. Well, there you go. I knew there was a weird one about that. I thought it was transporting, but it's shooting, so my bad. Okay. So <laughs> specifically the whales were to be released in the small town of Corrine, which was known as the Gentile capital of Utah, due to the lack of a Mormon population. Wait, they, Mormons call like non Mormons Gentiles? I, it's really Gentile, I feel like in the past 20 years has been like specifically used tied to Jews 
just tied to Jews in the Middle East and that sort of stuff. But really, anyone that doesn't share your same faith or the majority faith is technically like a Gentile. Really? I think that's what that means. Huh. Yeah. So in Corrine, the wells were released into the water inside an underwater fencing of Wickham's own construction. The wells seemed to hang out for a few minutes, about 15 minutes, uh, before they broke through their enclosure and escaped into the lake. The whales were said to be spotted six months later by an associate of Wickham's, but then never again. So, one, I'm just going to say this story sounded a lot more ridiculous before I heard about the dolphin hand jobs. <laughs> but I think it's important to question why the whales weren't seen again. By some accounts, the whales just didn't take to the water, uh, so died off. And by other accounts, they were successful in breeding, but they were hunted out by poachers. <laughs> but no evidence exist of their presence in the great salt lakes huh so, so like not, um, a, not a picture no nothing well there's a bunch of fake pictures but no like official pictures were the poachers in a moving automobile that's not a good question great. probably right. in a boat honestly so no <laughs> hold on i i have another question like why did they want whales in the lake uh <laughs> I think like, I think was I point? think it I think it's like a double pronged approach like one like tourism um it's neat uh actually I'm going to change that to three prongs one tourism it's kind of neat two uh industry if you can create a whaling business in the Great Salt Lakes like they could bring money into Utah and three I think this dude just wanted to see if he could he never stopped to wonder if he should. <laughs> <laughs> you should take this story with a grain of salt, and pun intended, uh, Salt Lakes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> there are definitely doubts to the validity of the story, but I'm not sure where to stand. Many sources cite the news article as not being credible, considering the fact that in their description of the whales, they mentioned how they lay eggs, uh, which whales don't lay eggs. They're mammals, so outside yeah. of the platypus, you know, we all just have babies. Others point out that the whales could not live in the lake due to the shallow waters and the fact that the salt content is six times higher than the oceans. But mm. I don't really see that one as discrediting the story, since a dead well in the salt lake is still a well in the salt lake. Like, I'm not going to say that this story is not true because it was a dumb idea. People do dumb things. Right, uh, but man puts whale in lake immediately dies like i feel like that would it would immediately national die. attention yeah no but it would still like here's the thing but not in the what year is this is it the 1800s this is like 1875 in the 1800s there's no such thing as national attention yeah i still feel like there was i mean they had like the the do you think they're gonna telegraph about a whale dying in a lake? Yes, absolutely. Like Nobody cares. there's a freaking whale in yes in Utah. Well, that's the thing. There's a whale that showed up in Utah. Whale dies in lake. Stop. No. Supposedly he didn't see him die. They broke out of their enclosure and they swam into the lake. And if you chalk the egg thing up to a journalist with little knowledge of the field of marine biology... That's the thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And consider maybe that the whales weren't sighted because they died. And account for the magnitude of, like, stupid things that people can do when they're bored. I think the story becomes much more believable. And furthermore, I want to believe that someone put whales in the salt lake. Like, 
That's awesome. Not buying it. And it sounds like some shit that would definitely happen well, in Utah. You're not buying it. I'm buying here's it. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, though. Why would someone lie about it? Right. Why? I, and it could just be a hoax. I, a lot but, of people certainly say that it's a hoax, but why? Why is exactly. it a hoax? But, uh, but okay, all right. I'll go back to why would you want to do it in the first place? You said, oh, well, tourism. Well, if people believe that there don't need to be whales in the Salt Lake. People just need to believe there's whales in the Salt Lake. So they show up and they're like, I'm going to find a whale. And then they're not there. No, I'm not buying it. I think it was for tourism. And I think they also just didn't do it. They just said, we'll make people believe there's whales in the Salt Lake. Okay. Let me ask you this then. What's more believable, Bigfoot or the Great Salt Lake Whales? Bigfoot. No. I'm going with Salt Lake, Salt whales. Lake whales. I'm going with the whales. People are so stupid. That dude gave dolphins LSD and hand jobs. And you're saying yeah. this guy can't put whales Michael, in the Salt Lake? You of all people think Bigfoot's real. <laughs> I th- no, I didn't say he was real. <laughs> more real than the Great Salt Lake Whales. I didn't say he was real. I said he's more believable. You say it's more believable than somebody putting a whale in a lake? And just based on the lack of evidence. There's at least some evidence of Bigfoot. No, I, okay. <laughs> it's fake. It's all faked. But the thing is, they didn't even bother to fake the evidence of the Salt Lake Whales. No, there there are ten types. What what 1800s evidence do you have of Bigfoot? None, because it's the 1800s. Nobody has anything from the 1800s. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm sick of water-based mammals. Let's move on to something else. Uh, let's do elephants. Elephants. You got any elephant stories, Michael? Yes, yes, I have land-based mammals. Um, nice. Very good. Also, uh, big in, ones too. In uh, in keeping with the theme of uh, giving LSD to animals, we're gonna turn our attention to the Oklahoma Zoo in the summer of 1962. Literally, all of my all of my stories that I well, and it's just two, but the second story is also set in the 60s, uh, giving LSD to animals. We can't stop, and we won't stop giving LSD to animals. <laughs> no, and what's funny is in this story, I'll, I'll mention a scientist later, but literally like they're introduced as an expert in uh, give it, basically just an expert in giving LSD to animals and see, seeing what happens. <laughs> like we were just so obsessed with it. You could specialize in that. Like this guy knows about giving LSD to animals. I am the world's leading uh, animal drug dealer. <laughs> basically. Okay. So, <laughs> oh God, this story, man. I, I don't think it's more ridiculous than the dolphin one, but it's it might be. People are bored. These two scientists had a great idea, as I'm sure you've put together. Let's give LSD to elephants. Not a great idea. That's an idea. Fantastic idea. I'll say it's an idea. Great idea. <laughs> it was Okay, it was a great 1960s idea. Yeah, well... They were giving LSD to everybody. It was a great idea if you were high on LSD. Then it was a great idea. <laughs> uh, I give it like a 6 out of 10. <laughs> Colin gives his cat LSD, but he doesn't feed it. Right. And he, he doesn't. I feed it LSD. I mean, that's. He's not even <laughs> doing it for the scientific merit. He doesn't write down any of the results. He just no. thinks it's funny. Now, you may be wondering, what is the scientific merit of giving elephants LSD? I wasn't wondering it, no. You weren't? No. I'm about it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Colin's in. <laughs> um, so there's a couple facets, which we've already covered, but I'll go over them again. First of all, LSD experiments, incredibly easy to get government funding for in the 60s. 
Uh, the CIA <laughs> was putting a ton of eggs into that basket. They wanted to study uh, LSD as a potential chemical weapon and as a possible uh, brainwashing agent. Well, they saw what the Nazis did with meth, and they were like, whoa, what if we had our own super drug and LSD? <laughs> yeah, meth is a Nazi drug. We want our own. <laughs> One that th makes you think about stars and stuff. <laughs> Secondly, it was the 60s, and LSD is very rad at this time. It was very popular. Very popular. And lastly, this is the actual scientific part. Male elephants are known to go into fits of insanity, known as must. M-U-S-T-H. I think I'm saying that right. Must. 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 <laughs> Must. During which uh, a strange fluid is excreted from their temporal glands. They basically just lose their minds. And really, it's it wasn't really well understood at that time. I don't know if it is now, but basically that's what they were trying to study. Uh, so they believed that LSD could artificially send an elephant into must which would make researching it a lot more consistent, and it would be very easy to tell, like, okay, they're definitely in it because they're excreting this uh, fluid from their temporal glands. I feel like whatever you're calling the thing, like, that's making the animal crazy should be an easy-to-say word. Because right. I feel like if I was at a zoo and I saw an elephant going apeshit, I'd be like, everyone get out of here! The animal's got must, 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 must. Are you saying no. mush? It should be something very, very concrete, simple to say, so I know to get out of Dodge. He's got crazy I... brain. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So anyway, these two scientists take a field trip to Oklahoma City Zoo, where they meet up with Tusco the elephant, known as the prize of Oklahoma City Zoo. That is not a creative name. I love it. You just pointed to something on the elephant and added an O. I love it. I love it. Tusco... A one name for an elephant. What did they call their other elephants? Trunko and Eero? Judy. Eero is actually pretty cool. Judy? Just Judy? Judy? Judy was Judy. it? Judy and Tusco. Oh my god. Tusco and yep. Judy. Creativity! Tusco and Judy. Creativity! Try for more than three seconds. Oh. This is your elephant. Name it something cool. Like Robert. Or Steven. I like Tusco. I like Tusco a lot. I like Tusco better than Judy. I like Tusco. Judy's bad. Tusco's certainly better than Judy. Judy's bad. I like you Tusco. You can't just... This is like... Imagine if you met a dog named Josh. Josh is a that, fine that, person name. That's pretty but funny. But if you... <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into Josh the dog. I'm into it. <laughs> when pets have people names, I think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, like them that. to have old men names. Like, I like... I like, uh, like Gertrude. Gertrude like a as a, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Henry. Henry the dog. Theodore. Just imagine being on a safari and the person's on the intercom that's just like, and if you look to your left now, you will see a five tonned Asian elephant. Uh, he's been a local of the preserve for a while. His name is Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, no, that got me pretty good. That was good. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, they're about to dose Tusco pretty heavy. Um, so, so with the zoo's permission, they gear up Tusco to give him an elephant-sized dose of acid. Now, the problem is, uh, this is the first time anyone's given an elephant acid, so how much is an elephant-sized dose? They just kind of eyeballed it. <laughs> 
That looks right. So for some context, in humans, a 25 microgram dose is enough to induce a trip that lasts up to 12 hours. That's 25 micrograms. For Tusco, obviously they needed to up that dosage. Scaling the dose up to an elephant's mass compared to a human's, the equivalent dose would be about 9 milligrams of LSD. Want to guess how much they gave Tusco? Two grams. How much? 297 milligrams. Okay. Jesus. That's a That's lot. over 30 times the scale equivalent of a human dosage based on body mass. So, that being said, scaling based on body mass is the most generous that we can be because the appropriate dose would be even smaller if we scaled based on metabolism or brain size which are both also pretty relevant to this drug. So the, this is the first time they do it, they decide we're going big. First time they do it, and they go all out. Literally, <laughs> This is literally the biggest dose any living creature has gotten of LSD that we know of. And that, I, that, that record stands to this day. I feel like they, did, they didn't actually talk about it, and they were like, hey, how much should we give them? And someone was just like, I don't know, whatever we got. How I much guess. do we He's have? big. <laughs> just go for that sure how much have we not done ourselves yeah well, how much do we have left is probably the answer. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yep so they dust they did they just dosed tusco with just an ungodly amount of lsd <laughs> and for the next five minutes tusco was just running around its enclosure trumpeting and just erratically just jerking but what's crazy about this is he started speaking English perfectly, and then we were like, "We're gonna use him as a spy." Yeah, exactly. Out of his out of his trunk, it was it was out of nuts. His trunk. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the researchers were like, "Are are you hearing? Are, is he, are you hearing? Is he, he telepathically? Is, is he saying more hand jobs?" <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that'd probably be an arm job. It's an elephant, man. Uh, <laughs> um, oh man. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so so he's moving around, trumpeting, jerking. Then all of a sudden, Tusco collapses, defecates, and starts convulsing. His breathing was labored, and his tongue turns blue. Oh. Yeah. The researchers Tusco. panic, obviously, because they had just... Uh, Killed an elephant. Well, it's not dead. Yeah, it's jerking. But... It's... No? It's not dead. They've caused it, uh, an elephant to have a seizure. They've broken yes. its brain. Yes, basically. And at this time, they decide it's time to give him another ungodly amount of drugs. This time it was an antipsychotic called Thorazine. And again, way too much was given. Like, just a stupid amount of this antipsychotic was just pumped directly into this elephant. So this is just like uppers and downers, but instead of uppers and downers, it's psychedelics and anti-psychedelics? Basically. Yes, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And it helped the seizures slightly, but again, the elephant's just full-on, just dying. So after another hour of labored breathing and spasms, the scientists administered another, this time unspecified, amount of a sedative directly into Tusco's veins, which... You're not supposed to do that if mixed with any other drugs. Specifically, an ungodly amount of two different drugs. Like, it's supposed to go into a muscle. Did they not have a pharmacist on hand? Who needs them? 
you know? <laughs> it's an elephant. It doesn't have rights. Yeah. Who cares? We're giving this elephant drugs. Do you think we might want a pharmacist? No. no. We'll just eyeball it. Uh, so anyway, this was enough to put Tusco down, uh, and he died within minutes. Yeah. So what did the scientists conclude now that they had killed the prize of Oklahoma City Zoo? Well, I'm sure the seizures were unrelated to the LSD. <laughs> <laughs> It was just coincidence. <laughs> he just coincidentally convulsed and died. We should have checked that he wasn't an epileptic before we did it, man. All the colors when you're seeing LSD, it can send you into a, into a season. That's what it is, yeah. So, in their write-up for Science Magazine, they stated, quote, It appears that the elephant is highly sensitive to the effects of LSD, end quote. No, he's not. No. You just gave him so much. Him so much LSD. I can see the headline on newspaper. Scientist gives LSD to elephant. Elephant dies. No, there are That's headlines. I, I didn't put any of them down, but it's basically like scientist murder prize of Oklahoma City Zoo with drugs. Like, <laughs> and, and again, the news publications use this story again because it's the '60s and like you know it's kind of the war of like the hippies and then like the you know the 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 yuppies. I don't know what, what would the two groups be anyway. Yuppies, that's not the right word. I Richard know. Nixon versus Richard the hippies. Nixon versus the hippies. That's a better <laughs> okay. way to put it. And we just found a way to work in Richard Nixon into there this. There it is. There he's, we go. He's he's in. There. Every episode. We did it. Uh, news publications are using this as kind of a, a fuel for their fire of, oh, look, look at the dangers of LSD. Look what it can do. When really it was just a bunch of dumb scientists giving way too much to an elephant. Right. <laughs> so the Associated Press even suggested that one of the researchers may have been under the effects of LSD during the experiment. Oh, you think maybe? Maybe. Huh? Again, what? it's unproven, but what? yeah, he probably, he, he probably was. The guy who decided, hey, let's give LSD to this elephant was on LSD. I Absolutely. can guarantee it. Uh, yeah. So, in response to the bad press, the director of the Oklahoma Zoo stated that the experiment shouldn't be considered a failure because, quote, maybe LSD would be a more effective way of destroying herds in countries where they are a problem, end quote. Well, we figured out how much LSD you need to kill an elephant. Yeah, they're so. like, yeah, now we could just use LSD to kill off elephants in, like, Africa where they're, where they're like, causing problems. I mean, honestly, we we probably figured out how much LSD is needed to kill anything. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is all a CIA thing. Like, hey, figure out how much we got to give somebody to kill them. I feel like LSD is uh, like an ineffective way to kill somebody, though. You know what? Honestly, it's probably not bad on the CIA to do that experiment because that's probably what they said. They're probably at, like very worse. Like they're going to kill an elephant with LSD and... And we'll know. <laughs> yeah, then we'll know how to kill an elephant with LSD. So the CIA probably got some information out of this that's probably been useful at some point. I'm sure they've killed at least one guy with LSD. They kill like, what, 5,000 people a day? Yeah, but if you <laughs> kill someone with LSD, you don't need that much. Why wouldn't? Why are they testing on elephants? Better be safe than sorry. You don't know what someone's tolerance level is. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, so that's the story of the time we killed an elephant with LSD. There is a short epilogue, though, which I kind of alluded to. Uh, a few years later, a researcher at UCLA, who, again, I mentioned, uh, was the expert in giving animals LSD. Right. Decided he wanted to replicate the study because he was like, ah, these amateurs can't do it. I'm the expert in giving LSD to elephants. So he decides to replicate it. This time he gets access to two elephants after allegedly signing an agreement that if they died, he will replace them. 
Oh. And in this experiment, the researcher actually, like, measured out the dosages and gave them an equivalent human dose before trying to, you know... Right. He yeah. did math. He did the he, he minimum did, he did amount a little of bit of, He did a little bit of due diligence. He did right. a little bit of science before injecting elephants <laughs> with drugs. He whipped out that third grade geometry textbook. Exactly. I don't know what geometry would have to do with this, but yeah, Cayman, you're killing it, dude. Well, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so he gave them a normal dose, and guess what? They didn't die. Apparently, they just kind of swayed back and forth and chirped for a few hours, and then they went back to normal. So uh, I guess the moral of the story is... LSD makes elephants chirp like birds. I would just say, you know, if you're going to start doing a new drug, start small. You can always do more later. Just do right. a little bit. Do a little bit. Yes, Colin. Okay, so they killed Tusco. Yep. What happened to Judy? It's actually really sad. I didn't oh, include it no. I wanted us to have a good time. I'm not sure I want to include it. Oh, no. Well, the problem is you brought up Judy, and now I don't I don't know what happened to Judy. I know. Well, I, I left her completely out of the story just because I didn't want to bring this up. Oh, no. Well, did Judy live? Yeah, Judy lived, but, like, whenever, whenever Tusco started freaking out, she, like, came over and, like, tried to calm him down. Like oh, she was like, they were partners. Oh, I didn't know so that. Sad. Yeah, like they were like oh. in the enclosure together, and she was like, "Oh shit, what's happening to my friend?" She like came over and was like trying to calm him down, but he was like freaking out because he was tripping balls, mm -hmm. and then he died. And I have to imagine Judy was pretty sad about that. Like she was probably yeah. upset about it. Yeah, probably. That's sad. So they, yeah. but uh, I guess my big question was they did not give Judy LSD. No, they didn't give Judy. Well, so here's the thing: is Judy was female, and the whole point of the thing was to simulate oh, uh, yeah. which only happens which in is male males. Elephants. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so moving on to another elephant story. Now that Collins brought us all down, Mary the elephant. Now where we are from. East Tennessee, this is a very popular story. This is the story we've gotten the most requests for out of any story. Everyone wants to hear Mary the Elephant because it's popular in our region. So this story takes place in 1916 and centers around one of the most famous and notorious murderers ever to come out of East Tennessee. Known to many as Murderous Mary and even more known as Mary the Elephant. And that's not a cool gangster name. She's an actual elephant. <laughs> so for a bit of context mary the elephant was an asian elephant you know what's funny uh tusco was tusco was also an asian elephant yeah they're the they're the they're the second largest land dwelling mammal on earth surpassed only by former governor of new jersey chris christie Woo! got him got him yes oh. very very political very yeah. political yeah, normally I wouldn't make a joke like that, but he is uh, a politician, so I don't respect so, him. So he's not... I, <laughs> he's not so people. He's, not, <laughs> he's not people. He's not people. You know, they offered me a spot on SNL, but I passed because I wanted to damper my artistic integrity. It's not true. Shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> to put Mary's size into context, largest land-dwelling mammal... You're not going to fat shame an elephant. Just go. I'm not. It. I'm not. She weighed five tons, which is nearly the same weight as like two and a half Ford F-150 pickup trucks or like three and a third Toyota Corollas. You found so, your way to talk about cars. <laughs> big yeah. old animal. Big old animal. Now, for those of you who have never been to the Appalachian Mountains, you may not know that Asian elephants aren't exactly indigenous. Uh, to East Tennessee, which is why Mary had come to the area with a circus back when circuses did that sort of thing. Circuses don't have elephants anymore. 
which is a good thing. Wait, really? Yeah. Barnum and Bailey's got rid of it, and I'm fairly certain everyone else has to. No, I think Barnum dude, and Bailey's I is mean, the last I, uh, uh, Yeah, I went to some circuses. I rode on an elephant. I have a picture of me riding an elephant when I was like four years old. This is in like the past five years. Oh, oh really? Okay. Is Barnum and Bailey still around? Yep. Yeah. What? Yep. Oh my yep. god. Yep. Right. When you're yep. when you're the biggest circus, like you're gonna, guess, you'll yeah. make it work. Even when yeah. circuses aren't very popular, the biggest one's gonna stick around a while. Yeah. Yeah. Now the circus that Mary came to town with was not Barnum and Bailey's. It was known as Sparks World Famous Shows, which I feel like is a very lofty title for a circus that I couldn't find any other information on other than the singular event. And when they came to town, they set up in a town called Kingsport, Tennessee. Now, Mary's handler was a man named Walter Elridge, who was given the nickname Red due to his red hair and the fact that creativity was not invented until 1961. Yeah. It's when the Jaguar E-Type came out. <clears throat> cars again. No Another cares. car reference. <laughs> no one cares. Literally no one. Now, Red had no previous experience as an elephant handler, and in reality, his only qualifications were that he was a person willing to be an elephant handler, and he had arms to carry the elephant stick, which is kind of like a spear with a hook, mm. a hooky thing, you know, stick for elephants. Previously, Red had worked as a hotel clerk and a hobo, though I would assume not at the same time. And every source I found called him out for being homeless or a hobo, but talked about it like it was a job, so... No, it was different back then. <laughs> like, that kind of was a job. It's it, Hey, it's, I'm sure it's not easy being a hobo. Again, going back to that public school education I got, there was, like, a difference between, like, hobos, bums, and, like, hobos would do jobs. Like, they would go right. town to town and, like, be like, I'll work for money. Like, it was more of, like, a, a vagrant or, like, a... I don't know. There was there's hey. different. I don't know. Yeah, it ain't easy being a hobo. Right. Try tying up all your worldly possessions into a bundle and walking around with a stick. You try hopping on a moving train. You go try and do that. I'm not gonna try and do that. I feel like I can no. pull that off in my town because they go so slow and then stop for three hours. Yeah, that's all trains. Actually, I feel well, like I, maybe it's enough. not that hard. <laughs> Also, I feel like they're probably not watching out for hobos as much. Let's get back to the elephant. But I think I probably could hop on a train. So, on Red Elridge's first day on the job, and rather unsurprisingly, disaster struck. Now, accounts differ in the story, but the account that sounds the most believable is that Mary had stopped to eat a piece of watermelon rind when Elridge prodded her in the mouth with the elephant stick. After being prodded, Mary became agitated and threw Elridge into a drink stand with her trunk. Uh, before the handler had a chance to get his bearings, Mary stepped on his head. Ooh. Ending his life. Uh, like I said, five-ton elephant. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. The other account that I read came from a Johnson City newspaper that said Mary impaled Elridge with her tusk and then kicked his limp body into the crowd. Impaled with tusk? Yeah, it seems a little that one didn't seem as credible. So I'm I'm buying the whole just knocked him over and stomped him story. That that seems a lot less uh, Hollywood. Fantastical. Yeah. So immediately after the murder, Mary returned to a collected calm, was just you know chilling, while the onlookers turned to panic. Uh, the crowd began chanting, kill the elephant, kill the elephant, and a local blacksmith named Henry Cox shot Mary five times with his pistol. 
which didn't have any effect on the five-ton elephant. Like, it didn't even phase Mary. <laughs> After some deliberation, the owner of the circus, Charlie Sparks... So, hold on. Yeah. A prod to the mouth sent her into a rage. Getting shot five times was just like... Man. Nope. Well, because it's like in the ma- like a mouth is a sensitive area. Yeah, but if you're getting shot in the side and you're like like thick skin, like you may not even yeah. really yeah. care at all. I mean, I don't know. Well, but. actually, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and toss this out there now because I think it's relevant. A veterinarian who looked at Mary later uh, discovered that Mary had had an infected tooth. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he just picked the wrong spot to prod that. I mean, sure, yeah. you know, just don't prod the elephant at all, but especially not in the infected tooth. So after some deliberation, the owner of the circus, Charlie Sparks, decided that the animal should be publicly executed, which seems ridiculous. But uh, maybe he was like, maybe if I publicly execute this elephant, like people will still come to my circus and like they'll be cool with it because it's like I'm harsh on violent animals i don't i don't know and, and people still say that pt barnum was the world's greatest showman <laughs> yeah no maybe it's just a showmanship that's that's the thing is the guy's like look something's gonna happen to this elephant let's sell tickets <laughs> we must kill the beast uh so for the execution sparks decided to use the most ridiculous method that he could think of which was a hanging he was going to hang the elephant an elephant a yes. five-ton elephant. Yes. Unsurprisingly, not a lot of places are really kitted out to hang elephants. A five-ton elephant. <laughs> a five-ton elephant. Right. Uh, two and a half Ford F-150s worth of elephant. Can you choke an elephant? We're going to find out. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know what they should have done? What? They should have just given it a bunch of LSD. Yeah, they should have done that. <laughs> yeah, That would have been way better. Unfortunately, the government hadn't invented... LSD at the time because the Nazis hadn't invented meth, so we didn't right. have something to compete uh, with. Right. So, unfortunately for Mary, there was a rail car industrial crane in the nearby town of Irwin in Unicoi County, which is a place. As someone who's been <laughs> to Unicoi a few times, it is the worst place. It is without a doubt the worst place I've ever been. Irwin is not good. <laughs> the Irwin, the Irwin Walmart will give you depression. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like we should come out so hard. Actually, I've known enough people from no. Irwin that Here's I feel like thing, if we have Damon, any Irwin none listeners, of them, they... none of them have the equipment to listen to this podcast. So it's fine. <laughs> the, the problem is we have three people here who don't live in Irwin and have been to Irwin. It's, and it's terrible. Not good. It is it's... the. It it is the worst place I've ever been. It's How so many bad. people do you guys know that are like, I got to get the hell out of Irwin and like have moved to other no, areas? No, the problem like, is the people from Irwin love Irwin. Uh, exactly. That's the worst part. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm sorry if we have any <laughs> listeners from Irwin. I'm sorry. We don't. We've covered this. <laughs> so Mary was transported to Irwin via train on the day following the incident, which was January 13th, 1916. Coincidentally, that's Orlando Bloom's birthday. Doesn't seem like much else is going on. He was born in 1916? That's crazy. He looks so young. (laughs) Okay. He is an elf. Nothing else cool happens on January 13th. I looked it up for some reason. I thought, like, oh, what else is on January 13th? It's just Orlando Bloom's birthday. We're just going to pass up the elf. I I thought that was a good comment. So, in a show of compassion, or maybe just to keep the elephant calm... 
Mary was allowed to march to the place of her execution, trunk and tail with the other elephants from the circus. So, like, literally, they formed a chain, like, holding on to each other. Did they, did they put her, did they, did they put the legs in, like, little, little shackles? They did. Yes. Oh, my God. I wasn't going to bring it up because it makes it more depressing, but yeah, they, they shackled the elephant. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, everything that you would expect about, like, an execution for a person, like, that's what happened to Mary. Why did they even have those? Did they make the shackles? Oh, yeah, because the blacksmith was there shooting it in the side. So, of course, he's like, I'll make shackles for this. Probably. Or I imagine they had shackles on hand in case one of those elephants got, uh, moose. Must? Must. (laughs) Must. You gotta keep the shackles in case of moose. Must. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, 2,500 people came out to watch, and Mary was hung twice. The first time, she broke the chain used to hoist her. Wait, I thought if you uh, if it didn't work the first time, then you just got off with no, the No, 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 no. I okay, don't so... think a judge ruled that this elephant must be hung. Well, I thought there's, they... two, there's, two, there's two definitions. Originally, you were sentenced to hanging, and people kept living, so yeah. then they sentenced you to death by hanging. Or hung right. by the neck until dead. Yeah, yes. right. They changed the the verbiage so that you would you yeah so that you would yeah, actually you die. Get out of it. Yeah, you couldn't get yeah. out of it anymore. So yeah, the second time she was hung, she she did die. Was Mary given a fair trial? Was no. she given no. representation? Was she read no. her Miranda? Animals rights? don't have Absolutely rights. Not. I told you that early in this episode. Unfortunately, not. Uh, I will say, as of very recently. It is now a felony for animal abuse, as it should be. Uh, aside from the accident that resulted in the death of Red Elridge, uh, Mary's favorite hobbies included throwing baseballs and playing musical instruments. She was 21 at the time of her death. All right, let's not dress this up. It was not an accident. It was very uh, purposeful. I wouldn't say it's premeditated. It's second-degree murder, but it was murder. I would say it's justified. It might have been self-defense. Dude, if you come up and prod me, if I have a sore tooth and you come up and prod it with a stick, I'm going to step on your head. Probably not going to have the same result, but I'm at least going to try and step on your head. I'm going to be agitated about it because that's a rude thing to do. Look, Cayman, there's right, there's wrong, and then there's the law, bud. (laughs) (laughs) I would consider poking someone's sore tooth with a big stick assault, and I stand by it. That's definitely assault. Definitely assault. Yeah, exactly. She's defending herself. Uh, the story of Mary the murderer and her subsequent execution became a national news story uh, because, you know, we were in the 1900s at this point, Michael, right. when national news stories happened. And to this day, it marks the most memorable day in the town of Irwin's history, probably the county of Unicoi's history. I don't think anything else exciting has ever happened there. Although since then, public opinion has changed. On the 100th anniversary of Mary's execution, the town decided to begin hosting an annual Elephant Week to celebrate elephants and to raise funds for the Elephant Sanctuary in Tennessee, which is located in Hohenwald, uh, using Mary's memory to help rescued elephants live out the rest of their days in a place of peace and safety and companionship. And what's funny is it wasn't even like that it happened in Irwin. It was just Irwin had a crane. Yeah, no. <laughs> 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 they just, they were just the ones kitted out for it. Right. It wasn't, like, yeah, it was, it wasn't like, hey, let's do this in Irwin or like, oh man, the murder happened in Irwin. It was like, 
oh, who has a crane? Irwin? That's that should be the that should be the motto of the town. Irwin, Tennessee. We have a crane. Irwin, Tennessee, we can hang anything. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it. Yep. So like I said, we have a lot more stories if you're interested in hearing more of our animal stories, uh, especially the ones related to LSD. Uh, be sure to let us know. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at I really wish you hadn't. If you uh, have any questions, are we? Are we? Hold on. Are we? Are we? Are we closing out already? Yeah. Do we have another? Oh. That's why I just said. Is there any? That was it. No. Was... No. 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 I got. I got some. I got some stuff. I gotta say. Okay. okay. Michael's got some afternotes. I've, I've. Well, not even afternotes. I just wanted to acknowledge my sources. The book Elephants on Acid and Other Bizarre Experiments by Alex Bose. Uh, and two Guardian articles that I referenced, Tesco's Last Trip by Mark Pilkington, and The Dolphin Who Loved Me by Christopher Riley. Uh, both great names for articles. Also, we should probably talk about the fact that, you know, six months, six month hiatus and, and what. So this is season three. This is the start of season three. Season oh, three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, here hey, we are. what's up? Uh, Third time's the charm, baby. Hey, hey. baby. Here we are. <laughs> So yeah, so this is the start of season three. Uh, starting with this episode, schedule becomes a little looser, a little more loosey goosey. Um, yeah, it's got to. Yeah, yeah. things. Uh, you know, we were we were pretty regularly coming out with uh, episodes every two weeks, but that was on pandemic time when all of us were just sitting around, uh, not really doing much. Uh, now that things are kind of getting back to normal, it's a little harder to be that consistent. Uh, yep. So for season three, we're just going to kind of do an as-it's-ready schedule. No you know, promises. No promises. Just keep an eye out. We will make more content. It's just we're, the availability the we have. The content's coming. Yeah. Uh, there's some video games I want to play. Yeah. I'm relatively mm -hmm. just lazy in general. It, yep, confirmed. So, you know, when it comes, it comes. It will come. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, that just makes it even more important that you go ahead and hit that follow button so you know... Exactly when episodes are coming out. You gotta subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. If you're not subscribing, what are you doing? Give us a give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. On or you know whatever or Spotify. Spotify. I don't Google. think they do ratings on Spotify. I don't know. Uh, they might. We're on Pandora I now. I don't know if you guys knew that. Well, yeah. We're on Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts are the ones that I use. We're on all kinds of things. We're on a lot yeah. of things. Just, I personally use Spotify. That way I can avoid the Apple podcast reviews, which are all very mean to me. Well, you kind of deserve it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Go follow us on multiple things, you know? Download it on every podcast app you have. You don't have to listen to it on all of them. Just go download them so that we get the credit. Follow us in real life. We've pretty much like, doxed yeah, ourselves. You know we live in Tennessee. Just yeah. walk around. Don't let me see you. Make it exciting. And following all of us would be difficult because we're in the three grand divisions of Tennessee. You're going to need a team. You're going to need a full a team. team. There will need to be a team. Uh, and also follow us on Instagram at I really wish you hadn't. So you can see updates from Cayman about episodes that aren't coming out for another month. Yeah, it's just Cayman. It's just yeah. Cayman. Well, I figured I'd let y'all know. Yeah, it's, you know. And, and, you know, that's another great way to find out when an episode's coming out. Cayman will post something. Who knows if it'll be on time. It could but, be, yeah, it yeah. could be three months before it comes out, but it will be posted. Right. Yeah. I absolutely hate social media. Yeah, as we said, got a new job. No longer doing social media. It's great. <laughs> I'm sick of it. And it's funny. I got a new job, and I am doing social media. <laughs> there you go, Collins. No, I'm, I'm not doing it. No, Collins, our new social media guy. 
and as always, you know, go ahead and email us at podcast at I really wish you hadn't dot com. Just email us something. anything. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I don't. Doesn't care. matter what it we is. We haven't gotten an email in a while. Just just email us and let us know you're still an out email. there. If you send us a picture of your pet, I'll put it on the Instagram. There you I go. I feel like that's there trendy right now, and I like pictures of pets. So yeah, I'm down for that one. Easy peasy. Uh, yep. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Let's uh. Let's, let's let's wrap it up. Yeah. It was good seeing everybody again. We're back, baby. Season three. Season three. All right. I Really Wish You Hadn't is hosted by me, Cayman McMahon, and Michael Bentley. We're produced by Colin Moore. Intro and outro by Attack Story. Please remember to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stop giving animals LSD. They really don't need it. As always, don't do anything Michael wouldn't do. I would give animals LSD, so. Oh, well. <laughs> well, don't do that. Here we go.